This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within podcast. Anybody that's been following along on my social media knows that I just did an amazing trip. To Croatia, and this is this is one that like I, Dad and I were looking forward to for a long, long time to to get over there, um, and it was one that truly blew my mind away. Was way better than I even expected. Like I had super high expectations for this trip, um, and it it blew me away. So today I've got Roger Jorgensen on here, um, WTA's uh, European specialist. I guess you could say he actually lives in Austria, um, and Roger detailed out every step of this trip and my planning and everything. Um, so I just wanted on, on this podcast, it's going to be super simple. We're going to, we're going to review, um, dads and my trip to Croatia. Um, what else I'm going to go back for in the future that I'm already planning on because it's a hidden gem of a hunting area. Um, but we're going to cover all that. How you doing today, Roger? Doing pretty good. Pretty yep. good. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, no problem. Well, thanks for, uh, arranging everything on this trip it was blew our minds how special croatia is and hunting the people and everything over there like we had super high expectations to go over to start with and it actually blew those out of the water yeah oh yeah no it's a neat neat place and it's you know smack dab over here and it's it's pretty under the under the radar so yeah it's uh it's an easy easy one to send folks to and and have them pleased and they because of the diversity of the, the country, you know, it's easy to come back. I know you guys got lucky and were able to check off a few areas, but there's uh, there's even more. So, well, that's how I kind of wanted to talk about the the three areas that we hunted, um, just kind of to explain each of them and how our trip went in those, and then then you can kind of take it from there, even as we as we kind of wrap this up of the other areas and so forth. But we started started our trip over in eastern Croatia. Um, right on the Serbian border. I mean, one of the days we were, I mean, within a half mile of the Serbian border as we were sitting there in the in the um, high seat, which for anybody listening, high seats and elevated blind, think deer hunting here in the U.S. It's 
ladder going up to it. Um, you get up there just so you can see above the vegetation and a little bit farther, usually on fields that the, the stags are coming out to eat on and so forth. Um, but right on, right on the Serbian border, and I'm going to, Roger, I'm going to let you explain the hunting area, like the, the national forest and how, how that part works. Um, cause you'll, you know, that way better than, than I do. And then I'll kind of dig into how our hunt kind of played out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, uh, the area you guys hunted is, is, uh, just North, Northeast of, of Osiak, the city of Osiak. It's one of the bigger, bigger cities out East. And yeah, like you said, the, the boundary of the area is to the East is the Danube river. Um, which, which does make the boundary there with Serbia. Um, and then just North of where you guys are, you know, even within, yeah, five, five miles at some times you were, you were right next to Hungary. So, you know, a lot of people do know Hungary as a big hunting destination, um, and, and rightfully so. Uh, but Croatia has got some of the same benefits, you know, right there. The, uh, that area itself is, is quite a unique one. Uh, it's about 62,000 acres. Um, and it's one of the longest standing, um, uh, you could say hunting areas that's, you know, that's always been a hunting area. So the, uh, back in the, the exact history, um, I'd have to refresh a little bit, but, but what I do know is this back in the 16, 1600s, 1700s is when, um, the kind of nobility set it aside as a hunting preserve. And if you look at the map, you know, you can kind of tell that there's no, there's no infrastructure. I mean, it really is, it is very rural. There's no big roads cutting through it and it's, it's an ideal, ideal place. So since, what is that? 300, 300, 400, yeah, 300 years. It's been always a hunting area, always with the nobility. And then obviously in the Yugoslavian times, um, that's where Tito was hunting as well. So, uh, I can't remember if I said that on the last podcast, but no, you, like a broken record. But uh, if uh, you, you did, <laughs> so if they and, know anything, and so like when they we know got, how to choose a hunting area, <laughs> when when we got older, we kind of learned about Tita too. Like, explain who he is, like in in the in the culture and the history over there. Well, he is, you know, he is the dictator from the socialist Yugoslavia after um, after the Second World War. Um, obviously, Croatia. Um, Slovenia, um, Serbia, Montenegro, all these countries have a pretty tumultuous past. I mean, even up until, even up until I think yeah, 20 years ago, you know, I was, when I was a kid, there was, there was war there. My, my parents were both military. They were, um, uh, temporarily, you know, they were in Kosovo station. So, um, it's, you know, it's a long history there. Um, you know, uh, ethnic conflicts here and there. Um, it's still down, down towards Serbia and stuff. Even to this day, there's still some things, you know, it's still entirely safe for tourism and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's had a recent history of, of kind of turmoil and, but the, yeah, Tito would go there and that was his preferred hunting ground. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're bad actors. He was a bad actor, but he could, he, he could have anywhere he wanted to hunt and he chose there. So <laughs> that tells you how good of an area it is. And we actually uh, <laughs> looked at one of his um, uh, hunting places, I guess you could call it like hunting his hunting house that was over there. We got to, we got to walk around the outside of that when we were over there, which was pretty cool as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, a lot of, a lot of history and the terrain of it, you know, right there on the, on the Danube, you've got a lot of, uh, you've got a lot of, you know, minerals the trophy quality gets big you know the last few years 
that's where the largest or lo- the largest um, red stag have been harvested as well in free range in that area. So and, the, and, and the one fact of the, that it's yeah. one of the good points to point out that you just said that these are free range, 100% free range stags that we're hunting over in the eastern part. And truthfully, when we're in the, the middle part of Croatia, too, they're all all free range stags and to have free range stags like we saw was just amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very special for Europe. There's only a few places that you can say you'd have that that potential to have such a big, uh, you know, such a big trophy quality. The Because it was um, always a, well, obviously with the monarchies before and then with the, uh, the socialist government, they've always kept it together, the hunting rights there. Um, and so to this, nowadays it's, it's owned and operated by the government. Uh, so it's a state forestry area. Um, they, you know, they manage the forest. They also manage the the wildlife and red stag and trees don't really get along so mm-hmm. that the red stags are managed really to perfection. I mean, for such a huge area, they have, you know, very detailed counts. Um, they, they really know what's going on. The hunting plan is such that, you know, so many female females are to be harvested. So many class three, you know, this type of thing. Um, you know, all the way up to the, the big stag. So they, they really manage it well. And because it is run by the government, um, it's, it's very, um, well, it's very organized, but also there's no shortage of money for things like, yeah, to look for the animals for feed in the off seasons to, to make, um, to make, um, you know, things for the animals. It's obviously there's a lot of water. It's very green there. So you don't have to do things like, you know, maybe an out, out where it's drier, you know, digging water holes and things like that. But uh, they have they have no budget to, to take care of the area and look for the animals. So it's, uh, yeah, all those things make it a special place. Yeah. So, okay, so I'll, this is where I kind of walk through our experience. Obviously, um, we flew from Michigan, Grand Rapids. We went Grand Rapids, Chicago, Chicago to Vienna, and Vienna to Zagreb. Did I say it right? Zagreb? Perfect. Zagreb, yeah. So I kept saying Zagreb when we got over there and, and I finally got it that it's Zagreb. <laughs> so I, I got that part now, right? Like it's flew into Zagreb. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we took our own, um, firearms over there, which they're, they're obviously rifles and stuff to use over there. I love to tr- travel with my gun when I can. Does it add a degree of difficulty? It does. Um, but truthfully it was super simple, right? Like I, we, we booked it over. Um, leaving the U S was, there's nothing to really do here. We landed into, um, Zagreb and it took about an hour with the, the police there. They, they just needed ahead of time. And when we showed up, they needed the invitation letter and the Croatian hunting license that we had. And then they basically filmed out, filled out a, uh, rifle permit that you could have. And you just kept it with you the whole, the whole time. So that part was actually, I traveled a ton and run into a lot of different stags and that process there took about an hour. Everybody was super nice. Um, and it was, it was over. Right. Then we spent that first night in Zagreb, um, kind of a cool town. Obviously I think over one fourth of the population of Croatia lives there now. Um, but just cool town, great restaurants, great hotels. Um, spent the night there, got picked up the next morning and it was about a three and a half to four hour drive to the eastern part of Croatia to where we where we hunted stags and wild boar first. Um, so it, again, easy drive. I've driven in Asia that you drive 
14 hours, right? So three and a half hours isn't too bad. Um, got over <laughs> yeah. there and, and the housing that we stayed in. So this, I mean, it's a giant national area that they allow for hunting, right? And they've got different, I guess, government houses, government lodging. Is that the correct way to say it? Yeah, it's their, their hunting lodges that are owned by the owned and operated by the, the state forestries who manage the hunting. Yep. Okay. So we stayed at a really nice one. Um, everybody had their own room. You did your meals downstairs. They would do, uh, like when you got up in the morning, obviously it was just coffee because you get up super early. So you'd have coffee, but you'd get back probably 10, 1030. So you'd have a big breakfast, relax in the middle part of the day because it was super warm. And then after your um, afternoon hunt, you come back and you have a, uh, a dinner and so forth there. Um, but got in there that, that first night, shot the rifles, went out. And the one thing I will say, and they, they all said they have never seen it like this. There were a lot of mosquitoes when we were there because they'd had so much rain before. And they had never had mosquitoes like that. So I will say, if you watch the videos when we start doing them, you will see some mosquitoes in this part of Croatia, which is, seemed very rare. Um, in this part, just like everywhere, if you think the elk rut in the U.S., when they start bugling, it's different everywhere. So... The eastern part, it seemed like the the roar for stags would be earlier. So we were kind of in that, I would call, tail end of the roar that you'd get them in the morning and they would be roaring like crazy, but they would probably be quiet by about nine. And then they would fire up that last hour of the day. Um, and it was kind of un- just like you hear everywhere, right? It's unseasonally, unseasonally warm and it was unseasonally warm when we got there. First night we went out, um, still hunted a little bit, got in a high seat. Saw one wild boar that came out in the last 15 minutes. You're like, then there's nothing here. In the last 15 minutes, there were stags roaring all around us. None came out in the opening, but it was like, holy smokes, the woods came alive. <laughs> and dad dad had the same experience. Like he had a stag that was coming in, just didn't come into the clearing, but was roaring. So um, that was that was our first night. Came back, uh, went to sleep pretty early, just as you're dealing with the jet lag of not sleeping very well that first night and then sleeping a bunch the second night is usually how I do it. Um, the next morning is where for me, this will be one of the, one of the experiences I remember until I don't have any, until I can't remember anymore, right. Until I die. Um, it was <laughs> one of those perfect mornings. There was fog in the air. Um, the game, the gamekeepers. And, and one of the things for the area, what I learned is that they're gamekeepers that control certain areas. It's so big, right? So they've got, I think 18 different gamekeepers in this area and they're, they're in charge of this thousand acre section or whatever that they they make sure the trees and the game and all, all that stuff is taken care of and they had seen a big stag in here in the past so we we were set up in this high seat a long field so you could shoot in both directions and you could hear the stags roaring and marco um, my guy that was with me throughout the trip just an amazing amazing guy right just super awesome and i was actually a sniper in the croatian army too just a side note so we can shooting i mean he just dialed it um oh, but he, yeah. he was he was my guide through the trip and and we were up in that stand it was like 30 minutes after light like you could see and he he said we got to get down and we get down and he starts calling with his mouth for these for these stags he can do any stag call with his mouth if it's roaring if it's a female like you name it he can do it with his mouth and we get out and we go about 150 yards and, and he lets loose and this stag just roars at like 75 yards and it's like, holy smokes, this thing's close. And Marco hits the sound of a, a younger stag. And all of a sudden, just like just like a bull elk, when you get them fired up and they're going to come in, this stag came fired up and coming in. And when you guys see this video, it's amazing. So where we can see him, he just appears from the fog at about 45 yards. And I'm like, holy smokes, this is a giant. 
and he's roaring his head off and he just keeps coming. Right. So I'm on him and following him the whole time. And I'm like, he does, he's looking straight through where we're at. Um, four people standing right, right there. Right. He's looking straight through us, looking for that younger stag. And he finally comes and is roaring this whole time until 12 yards. He comes across this, this brush. And I'm like, man, I can't let him get any closer. Right. Like he's 12 yards away. He's giant in my scope now, which is at three power. So I shoot and he goes down and it was just one of those, I hunt so much and film so much. It's very rare to get something like this that happens in the field, right? You just have to hunt so many days to be able to, to get something as special as this to happen in the field. And it was, just, it was a perfect, perfect morning, right? Like the fog, everything played into it. He was a giant, like is, I couldn't ask for a better stag hunt than what, than how it went down, right? Like that was perfect. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it was uh, awesome. On the, the film was, was pretty cool. It's been a, been a hit showing it around to some friends over here and stuff too. So yeah, no, it's a very, very unique, unique, unique experience, but that, you know, that specific thing is, is not unique. You can say, you know, um, for that, that area. I mean, that's, that's typical. Even you guys were there a little bit later, just with the, you know, timing of when you could break away. Um, mm-hmm. some of the, some of the other, the groups that I have for, for next year is like September 2nd to the 6th, September 6th to the 10th. I think you guys got there on the 14th, I think. Right. So, yeah, I think that was when we uh, got there. Yeah. A little, little bit on the, the tail end even. And to have that, I mean, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool to watch. So yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. So then <laughs> um, dad was playing cat and mouse. He ended up shooting his stag the next day. Um, so I'm trying to think here that night, same morning that I shot the stag, we went out and sat in a high seat for a wild boar, um, had a bunch come out that were probably about 45 minutes to light. And they would just, this grass is so high, right? And you think you'd be able to see forever, but it's above their back. So all of a sudden they just come to this cut lane. Um, and there was one that from the far side of the cut lane at like 350 yards just started coming. And I'll be honest to me, very hard to judge a wild boar, right? Like super hard for me. But Marco got super excited when this one started to come. He's like, let me take a look. Let me take a look when this one gets close to this probably. It. And it got to, I think, 100 and some yards. He's like, this is it. Um, and shot and turned out to be a big tusker. Just, again, cool experience. Way bigger than what I thought they would be up close, like body-wise and, and so forth. That was that was pretty awesome. Um, but that that kind of completed our, our, our hunt over in the east. We, we kind of had an aggressive schedule for the amount of time that we were there. Um, so dad got a great stag over there. I was able to take that, that wild boar and obviously that, that amazing stag. And then we continued our trip over to, am I right when I said, when I call it like the North central part of Croatia in the mountains? Yeah. Yeah. Western, uh, Western Croatia. It's a, it's a funny shape. It's a pretty funny shape country. Um, but yeah, just, just there, um, right before Istria, that, that kind of funny triangle peninsula, uh-huh. um, so all the way over there, yeah, near the town of uh, Ogulin is is um, just west in there and kind of this big mountain range forest area. Um, it's about one where you guys were hunting was about it's really like one uh, one one mountain ridge from looking down at the coast type thing. So okay. awesome location as well. Yeah, and it's super. So we were only going to be there for one one night. It was just to. Uh, kind of look at the lodge. This is the same spot that I'm going to be going back to in the spring to hunt for Eurasian brown bear, which I'm super excited for. Um, so it was kind of just to see that. It was on our way to the coast. 
Um, we'd be able to get out one, one night just to see the difference. So I went, um, stag hunting that night. Dad went down to the lower fields to look for a row, a row deer, which he actually shot a, uh, old row deer that night. Um, shot it right at dark. So we went out the next morning and found it and went like 45 yards, but a great old, old row deer that night we went up high in the mountains and, um, it was just in the difference, right? Like it was just at the beginning of their roar there. So the difference yep. between the east and in the mountains, obviously the mountains were a little bit delayed just with temps and so forth. But it was cool. We saw some younger stags come through, um, no big ones, but it was one of those spots, like I could tell you, if we hunted there for three or four days, we were going to get a shot at a, at a big one in the mountains. And it's just completely different, right? In the east, it was flat, um, very vegetated. And this was vegetated mountain, which I would say there are a lot more rocks there than what I was expecting. Um, yeah, it's very, very rocky, very rocky area. And because of that you know these big kind of holes and caves that's why it's it's uh the best you know one of the best bear hunting areas in europe just because uh, the terrain lends itself to a bear density that you can't get anywhere else yeah and then i mean they took us around to show us some of the bear setups and the pictures of what they had that was the bear density there is crazy just just yeah. insane but the lodge is top of the line um obviously the food there was great we had a great meal that night big breakfast the next morning um but then kind of continued over over to the coast um and i'm gonna let you before i dig into the hunt like how the hunt played out over there i'm gonna let you kind of dig into the coastal island hunting um and kind of just give history behind that and what's there and so forth yeah yeah so down there on the coast um you guys were hunting on the island of, of Duyotok which is one of these longer kind of barrier islands, you could say. Um, it's just west of, of Zadar. The, it's kind of a bigger port city there in, in the center of the coast. Um, a lot of the, the famous cities on, one of the, or a few of the famous cities from Croatia are, for example, Dubrovnik, which uh, is the kind of fortress town on the coast. Um, Makarska, which is a, a very nice coastal area as well, where we do some hunting for, for mouflon and chamois. Then there's a famous city split. And then the next one up the coast is Zadar. And from there, you took the, you know, they took the shuttle over, the ferry over. Um, on that island, is a, there's a national park. And then there's two, um, two hunting areas. Um, the one where you guys hunted is very, very... Um, yeah, very well known, very popular. Um, many American hunters have gone there over the years. We, uh, Mike and I, were able to get a uh, you know kind of get that area exclusively now. So now we we own the hunting rights there, and that's kind of a WTA exclusive for 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 North American guys. So a very cool setup, uh, big area. You could think of it like Hawaii with less trees and a little bit more difficult, but. Uh, but the game density is there. Um, the variety of game is, is also quite unique. Uh, it's, it's one of the other, it's one of the only areas that you can hunt for the, the Cree Cree Ibex. Um, obviously it's, it's a little bit different situation than, than maybe in, in Greece. Um, but you know, there they are, uh, people, people hunt for them as well. Um, that type of thing. It's a, it's a neat, neat area. Um, the fishing, we do some tuna fishing out of there. The food is fantastic. Fresh seafood. Um, the lodge that we've got there is, uh, is, is kind of just a rest, you know, just a nice home there in the local village. Um, 
so it's a it's a neat place you know you go hunting for a few days and and for couples it's a no-brainer family there's a pool you've got the coast right there it's uh yeah it's, it's a very unique place and uh it's very popular with, with not only european guys but uh, the americans love it i'm a believer in using the best and that's exactly what gunworks rifles are the best on the market if you want to sharpen your skills and ability, make sure to check out their Long Range University. From the rifle build to the perfect shot, Gunworks is your partner in the pursuit of long range perfection, 1,000 yards out of the box. I travel all over the world and into some of the most remote places known. For all my adventure trip insurance, it is a must, and I trust Global Rescue to take care of me when it matters the most. When you book a trip with Worldwide Trophy Adventures, be sure to ask about Global Rescue Trip Insurance. They will be there when it matters the most. Worldwide Trophy Adventures is your ultimate outdoor connection. We all know that good hunting ground and great outfitters is becoming increasingly difficult to find. The only way to ensure access to the best area and outfitters is to spend a lot of time, money, and effort to research these destinations. Worldwide Trophy Adventures does this legwork for you at no charge. By booking your trip through WTA, you can rest assured that you'll be in a great location with a reputable outfitter that we have certified and endorsed. So if you're looking to book the trip of a lifetime, make sure to give the team at WTA a call at 1-800-755-8247 or check out their website at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com. I would, I would say you kind of hit it right on the, on the head when you compared it to hunting in Hawaii, but a little bit, it is, it is probably a little more difficult than, than hunting in Hawaii. I've hunted Hawaii quite a bit. Um, and one, just, I'm going to kind of clarify on the travel to get there. So you get to the coast and you take a car ferry. So it's been a long time since I've been on a car ferry, but you actually drive the car right on there. And then it's about an hour and a half ferry ride from the port to get to the island. And then once you get to the island, I mean, you just drive off and it was, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to drive into the town that we stayed at. And I think you underplayed a little bit the lodging that you're in. Like if this was in the U S on a coastal town, the lodging that you stayed in would go for a couple thousand dollars a night. Like it's, it's crazy. It's right down in this little coastal area. You eat all your meals at this little restaurant. They cook just for, just for you. Like you've got special meals and and for lunch, uh, late breakfast, after you get done hunting dinner, like all this stuff, the chef just makes it like an awesome setting. Um, and it's, it's apartment, it's a, it's a house, but it's divided. Like if you think the houses that are built into the, to the cliffs, this is kind of it. So the upper area area has got three bedrooms, kitchen, big living room. Then there's a separate, um, two separate living areas down below that you get to by, by steps. Um, just, it was a cool setup, right? It's perfect for us. We showed up with dad and I were hunting. We had two guides, two camera guys. So it was perfect for us to, to spread out and, and just be comfortable, right? The views out of there were, were awesome. Um, and the hunting kind of went just, just like hunting does anywhere, right? You get up early, you want to be somewhere on the, in the, and I call them hills, mountains. I don't know what they're considered on the Island, but they're, they're, they're cliffs and everything, right? Just, I mean, you're hunting sheep and goat when you're there. Um, and you want to be somewhere when the sun comes up because again, it gets hot on the Island this time of year. So the animals are going to be up for the first 90 minutes, two hours of the morning, moving around a little bit, want to catch them then. And then after you hunt for a couple hours, you head back, have a late, late breakfast, relax midday, go back out for the last four hours in the afternoon and, and catch stuff as it starts moving again. Now, when we were there, um, the one cool thing is, as I kind of tell the story, we get a little bit later, the mouflon rut was on. So you'd see mouflon longer. And from hearing Marco and Mike 
this time of year, they're coming out of the thick vegetation, right? This is when the, the big rams are coming out and they're making themselves more seen than what they would the rest of the year, just like any anything in rut. So we did see a lot of mouflons on the trip. Um, that's that's kind of how it went. We got there that first, the first afternoon, um, got settled in, went out to hunt, and I think um, saw, I mean, I saw the first afternoons when I saw some really big um, hybrid creekeries. We saw some younger creekery males and, and it was cool because they were out on the rocks right next to the ocean. And if you think about it, they come out there and they're licking the rocks because of all the salt from the salt water. And it was just cool. I got some sweet mag view footage of them out on the rocks. Um, when they came out, it was just too late, right? We had 15, 20 minutes of light. There was no way it was 360 yards. I could make the shot, but it was going to take an hour and a half to get down there working your way. And there was just no way to no way to do it with the time that we had left. Um, so that was a sweet first night. Got a feel, great meal. Um, woke up the next morning, um, saw some great mouflon, uh, tried to make a play on one. It disappeared, t- tasting some ewes around the backside. Um, and I want to say that morning, um, trying to remember how it went, Dad had a great trip. He shot two feral goats um, out of the same group one of the mornings. And I think that night he shot a great mouflon ram. Um, and then he shot a, a really good hybrid Cree Cree too. So dad had, dad had a great, great time on the Island. Um, yeah, first night or the second night we were out there after seeing those rams kind of went in the same area. saw a lot of the same, same mouflon again, just not the, not the big ram. Um, did end up seeing some more hybrid Cree Crees over there. And we'd always cruise the same area of the coast, um, in the morning and at, in the afternoon, cause you never know what's coming out of the trees. And this is the difference between hunting in, uh, like Molokai, Hawaii, or something like that is there's, it's so vegetated in those trees that if the animals are down on the rocks or out in the, in some of the very few grass areas, you're just not going to see them. So that's, you just got to catch them. You glass the same areas for a long time, go away, come back a couple hours later, glass again, see what's out. And that's, that's kind of the hunting of the Island. And it was the next day that it kind of, kind of got rocking and rolling. Um, for me, we were cruising and off, off the, the, the side, um, I caught a group of Dalmatian as we were driving down the road, going to where we were originally going that morning. <coughs> and out of that group, there were three big Rams in it. So I got set up. It was like a 250 yard shot, um, straight down. The one I took was a giant ram. Didn't quite have as, as good a, a hair or wool as the other ones, but way bigger than the other two. All three were great, but obviously I took took the biggest out of the group. And that was one of the one of the special things about the island. It's a spot to hunt Dalmatian sheep. Where are there any? Is there anywhere else to hunt Dalmatian sheep over there and import them back to the U.S.? No, I think that's one of the one of the only spots. There's a few other islands, you know, in, in Croatia where some of the hunting is possible, um, but. But uh, it's you know it's quite a unique spot there, um, you know size the size of the island and the, it makes it it makes it unique. No, I don't think there is, uh, but you know that is the that's their home. You could say Dalmatian okay. coast, that type of thing. So yeah, and it's one of those. I know Mike said some of the other islands have them, um, but that's the only island that has export permits to get them back into the states. So I mean that's a that's a yeah that's a big deal to to be have to have that. So it was. One of the reasons I went there again, got a great Dalmatian, um, got him all set, loaded in the back, continued on. We still had a, another hour before it really got hot again, hit the coast. And as soon as we hit the coast, we saw uh, what I would say is a good ram, right? A good representation mouflon. And it was one of those, there's 
it was too good an opportunity to pass. So did a back to back, and and that mo- that Mouflon dropped right on the spot. Great representative Mouflon for the trip. Um, and it was one of those things, beauty on the island. If you see a bigger one later in the trip, right, you can you can continue to hunt. It's not one and done there. Um, but a good good morning, and we got two 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 animals down, Dalmatian and a Mouflon. Uh, went back, had a, a great lunch, and then that afternoon we were really focusing in on either um, the Cree or the hybrid Cree And I had I have one of the very few Cree tags there, and the beauty of it, um, if you don't take it on this trip, the tag's good, right? Like I can, I'm going to go back for it. So we were focusing on trying to find that, and and I guess a quick note on that, to to specifically target the Cree on the island because it's so vegetated. We learned you really need to go there during the rut of the creekery. So when I go back, that's going to be my target is I'm going to go there when they're rutting and they're they're out and about to make it a lot easier than than trying to pull them for a couple minutes on a, on a one rock up on a cliff or something like that. So anyway, anyway that night we went back to the coast. Um, didn't see anything there. Uh, one of the scouts on the island spotted a big group of hybrid. So we went to the center part of the island. And it's crazy how you get up on these hills and you can see the island's not very wide. So you get up on the hills in the center, you can see the coast on, on the water on both sides. You can't see the coastline because of the, how the cliffs and everything go, but you can see the water on both sides. So it's almost like hunting Molokai. You get up high enough in Molokai, you can see both sides, right? That's pretty cool. Anyway, there's a big group of hybrids um, to the center island. We boogied over there real quick, um, saw them up there and they were, they were going in the direction um, that wasn't real good for us because if they, they went off this one cliff, they were going to just disappear into this tree area that was for, for miles, right? There was no rock areas. If they got in there, you just weren't going to see them. So not ideal, but we went up there. We had the wind in our favor. We, we went up there knowing when we got to the top, it was going to be really tricky because we were going to be right in the middle of them. The way they were feeding, we, were gonna, we thought we were going to come up behind and, and be able to glass a little bit, kind of catch legs and move into them. Well, it took us about 40 minutes to hike up there. Just like anything, it looks a lot shorter from the bottom than it does once you start hiking up those darn cliffs. Um, but got up there and it was like right when we got to the top, you could smell them instantly, right? Anybody that's hunted Ibex or anything like that, you can smell them. And right when we got to the top, it was like, holy smokes, we're in the middle of them. So they had changed their direction. Instead of feeding right to left, they had something and they just started feeding back to the right. And we got there. We're right in the middle. Like one was 12 yards away. We had one at... 20 yards away and now all of a sudden it's a tough situation because you have all these all these ones that are so close it's picking out where's the big one that you saw so we just hunkered and stayed as still as we could I was on the sticks and everybody was kind of glassing and there were two really big hybrids together that were that were super big actually one the one I ended up taking was a great one and he was second all of a sudden they just caught caught a glimpse of them Marco said they're coming from the right and it's going to have to be a moving shot because they're just steadily walking. And at this point, we had the wind in our favor, but it was swirling a little bit. And you could tell everything was like, man, something's going on. So it was one of those quick ones. As soon as he had a little opening, I let him have it. And he went straight down an absolute giant hybrid Cree-Cree. Um, again, one of, the, one of the reasons I came there. There are other spots to hunt hybrid Cree-Crees. Like I know Grease is very popular, but Grease doesn't allow filming. Um, so a big one for me is I, I love to tell the story via film of everywhere I go. So that was, that was one of the reasons that it was so special to get that one on this Island is that I could film it. So it should, should turn out great. Lee was right over my shoulder filming, um, and a great way to end, end that day. So it's just like that. You had two days where didn't really get to do anything. All of a sudden you have one day to where you get three opportunities in the same day. That's, that's just the beauty of hunting. That's how things work. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a neat, uh, it's a neat place. And that, you know, that fact that you can just kind of show up and see what happens is, is also very unique. You know, the guides are, the guides are there. You know, you, you come over, you do a little bit of vacation, go hunting for three days and uh, you will, you will have opportunities. And that, that's something that's, that's very unique. And, you know, that kind of trophy fee system, um, you know, you guys didn't have anything out of pocket and we, you went over there and hunted, right? Yep, exactly. You just let the bodies hit the floor and then tally it up type thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a, a neat way of doing it. You know, if you, you don't pay for what you don't get, which is, uh, that's neat. Yep, exactly. So then we had one more, one more day. We were really focusing in on, uh, um, trying to find a creekery, which was going to be tough. So then it was going after uh, feral goats, which is another one, or an access deer, um, which was going to be another tough one. Again, it's, it's, is there anywhere, like, I, there are a few spots in Asia that you can hunt free range access, access deer, and this is one of them. So that's, that's the beauty of the island, right? There's so many things on there that are free range that you can hunt. Like, it's a, it's truly a hidden gem over there. Um, so I'm obviously going to go back, but that last day, um, last morning before we were catching the car ferry and, and heading back to Zagreb and, and going to start our trip home, um, we were glassing and this is how hunting works, right? Looking for creekeries out on the coast and you glass up and you're like, holy smokes, there is a giant mouflon up on the hills, just on a rock. You can tell he's up there. He's cruising, looking for yous. And it was one of those split seconds. Holy smokes, he's big. Let's get set up and get ready for a shot. And it was over just like that. It was like 360 yards. Shot was perfect. You could tell he went down. And to me, like looking through a scope, I've hunted, I've hunted a lot of mouflons. And I could tell he was big, right? I could tell he was a big mouflon. Got set up. Shot was good. Now, all of a sudden, it's like we got to hike up there, right? Again, it took 45 minutes to hike the 360 yards straight up of these rocks, it seemed like. And this is one of those experiences, though, where you walk up and you're like, holy smokes, it is way bigger. And I mean way bigger than what I was expecting. Like completely oh, yeah. dwarfed the first move fly. <laughs> it was this yeah, a I mean, special trophy. I mean, very yeah, special trophy. Very special. This is one of those that it's beauty, right? If you see something really good on the island, you can you can go after it. Um, and militant, the, the, the guy who's hunted the Island for a long time, got up there and he's like, this is hands down the biggest mouflon ram we've ever taken off the Island. And he's hunted there for what? 30 some years. Yeah, and it was just, it was, yeah. it was one of those things, right? Right spot, right time, time, giant ram. Like I like, wait till you see the video on this guys. Like this is a crazy big ram, like 
Oh, it's one of those things that you can hunt a long time, right? And this trip yeah. had two special, yeah. like great, great memories all over. But to cap it with that ram and to start it with that stag roaring its head off coming in at 12 yards in the fog, like that's where I say this, this trip blew me away on even what I was expecting. And not just the hunting. Like the hunting is fabulous. Hunting is fabulous. Anybody looking to go to Europe or hunt stags or truthfully looking looking for different hunt options, like I've told people this a lot too, like it's no hidden secret that the cost of elk hunting in the U.S. is going up, right? Because every cost all over is going up. So if you're looking at lease costs, uh, if you're going with an outfit or guide costs, all the stuff like that, it's it's just the, the world that we live in. But you can go over to Croatia and hunt stags. Like the part in eastern Croatia, like you can hunt stags over there for, what is it, $6,500, Roger? Yeah, that's that's the that's like a bronze medal stag, everything included. I mean, you don't you don't beat it, and, and that experience is is unique. I mean, that, and, and when you say everything's included, yeah. that's everything. That's meals. That's that's. I mean, that's oh yeah, that's pick yeah. up from well, the airport. Alcoholic, yeah, it's a few hundred bucks more, but uh, yeah. Put, pick up <laughs> no, from the it, airport. It really is a neat. Yeah, I mean, that, so if you're looking for something that's great, right? And a stag roaring is comparative to an elk that's bugling. It's just, it's the same thing, right? Like one roars, one bugles. So that, that part. So anybody that's looking for a trip that's special and, and Croatia is a good one. Like if you want to travel with your wife or your, or your family, the coast or anywhere, it's great, right? Like you can oh, spend, yeah. no, you, can, you can go over and say, I'm going to hunt the island for three days or four days. Perfect. Plan three days or two days before or after. Do tourist stuff out on the coast. Go hunt on the coast, and, and like if your wife or your family's there, the island's just like a vacation spot too. If they want to go to the go out in the sun or go to a restaurant or do any of that stuff, like it's a perfect place to bring a family. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, all the adventure stuff, the caves on the on the co- on the island. There's you know, kayaking, boating, tuna fishing, uh, biking, hiking. Yeah, yeah. People come from all over the world to go there. I mean, that's the biggest, one of the most popular vacation places for. For the Europeans, a lot of Germans go to Croatia. Um, I live right here in the south of Austria, and there's days where you don't even want to go out on the interstate on the autobahn because uh, all the Germans are either headed down or headed back up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a world famous place. The cost, things like that. I mean, you really you have a hard time beating it. And the neat thing, I mean, like what I what I explain. Uh, some areas in Europe and in Croatia, some areas we kind of, you know, there's a flat trophy fee, best available. Um, in the state area, you know, where you hunted first is, um, it, it's a staggered price, right? So that mm-hmm. 6,500 is, is up to 180 CIC, which is like a 320 elk, 310, three, yeah. It's, it's around there, right? Uh, so it's a very nice representative. You'd be very happy with it. You probably wouldn't get something same size in the States for that price. No. Uh, certainly not at 100% success, uh, you know, opportunity and, and uh, things like that. But what I explain it as is those trophy fees and when they're broken down by size or weight, it's not really a scary thing once you understand it. I know the first time it can be kind of, you know, there are some stories, you hear some horror stories of guys where, you know, it, it hasn't even hit the ground yet. And the guide's already running up there with the measuring tape to charge you more. Right. And I've heard that. I know that it happens in some places. And, and because of that, you know, that's why I, I don't mess around with that. Right. Mm-hmm. I work with mm-hmm. the best areas where, where we can operate in a very, very honest way. You know, hunters set their, their upper limit. Um, there's no surprises that way. 
but how I, the best way to think about it is, you know, if you're doing that, uh, that hunt in the East, for example, if it was an elk hunt in the U S you know, the same size, uh, comparable accommodation quality, um, comparable guiding competency, you know, density of game, it would be, it would be $30,000. Yep. Right. Yep. And you would, you would go hunt there and you would it at that place and you know, places we work with in the States, you'll get, you'll most likely get your elk, um, you know, and it'll range from some guys, you know, you're happy to shoot it when it's 300 and it'll go up to high 300s. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, but it's one price to play and, and that's, that's it. And what's neat about the Europe stuff with that staggered pricing is you can go in there and hunt the best areas that there are. And, and you just shoot a, a little bit of a, yeah, you shoot a, a smaller stag. And, and when I say smaller, I'm still talking about a bronze metal stag in the European scoring system. So it's still a, it's still a very handsome animal, yeah, yeah. very mature, things like that. But you're getting to hunt in the absolute best areas and you're paying for the, you're paying for what you shoot. Um, and, you know, that would never, that just doesn't happen in the States. You know, it's, if it's a good area like that, it's, it's $16,000 finished. No, yep. you know, that's what you got to pay. And, and if you don't get it, that's hunting, right? Exactly. Um, and that's, that's what I really can appreciate about, you know, over here and, and all the areas I work with, you know, that's, that's the thing that's very clear is that, you know, I, I don't, I don't do the tape measure game. I don't mess with that. Um, I, I like to, to do it in a different way to do it in a better way. And, uh, you know, there shouldn't be any unpleasant surprises and yep. that's what I try strive to have you know happen. And, uh, yeah, that area in the East, you can't, you can't beat it and all across. I mean, you'll, you'll be back. You won't be in the spring. You you'll see a lot of animals when you're there for the bear hunt. That'll mm-hmm. be a very unique experience. Uh, you know, wild boar and mouflon, you'll still be able to hunt at that time as well as everything on the Island, you know, everything on the Island, you can hunt over the whole year, uh, which is neat. So, um, the other things have a more traditional fall season, but, but even there, you know, it's much longer. It's starting in, in different cases, but normally it's August to February type thing. Um, you're able to hunt for those animals. So, um, to go to that mountain area, to the mountain lodge there, um, I've got a few groups in there this last weeks and I mean, it's just awesome. It's, it's everything that the East is and everything that the Island is just in a more mountainous area. Um, you know, red stags, big red stags, um, fallow deer, mouflon. There's uh, the Balkan chamois from the same lodge. We we drive into Slovenia and hunt for the Alpine chamois. Um, so I mean, from that from that lodge there where you were at, where where Earl got the the roe deer. Yep. I mean, that's a seven seven species seven species lodge, right? Um, in the island, it's a six species lodge. Out east, that's that's only that's red stag and wild boar country, um, you know. So that's where you go for for just those two. But as you saw, it's a, it's a quick jump. It's a quick jump over to the other areas. So a lot of people combine the mountain with the island. It's a super small country, and that's the beauty is you can drive from one side to the other, and it's completely different terrain too. But like you can drive all the way from the east and get to the coast in what four hours, four and a half. If you went straight there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get caught speeding. <laughs> no, I mean, but it's. Four, four, four and a half hours, five hours. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a fantastic place and it's, it's in the European union now. Um, 
it, it's been in the European Union, but it uses the euro now. It used to have the krona, which was, you know, that was kind of confusing. Uh, but, you know, exchanging and stuff like that. But now it's on the euro. Um, the road infrastructure is, is getting good. Um, and whether, you know, our guys are picking you up and you do that. Uh, but I also, like this season, it was probably 35 for 35, 30% um, of the folks rented a car. You know, I've got a big family group there right now. Um, having a great time in the mountain area and they rented a bus. There's seven of them. They're renting a bus. Very easy to navigate. Uh, once they're done with the hunting tonight, tomorrow morning, they're headed, they're headed down to Istria to some of the famous cities on the, the coast. And, uh, it's, it's just a neat place. Every chance that my wife and I get to, to break away, we, we head down there as well. Um, so it's a neat country. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear that they're doing that too and touring the touring. Um, so I'm looking forward to it because I'm obviously heading back to the spring, as you guys know, but there'll be at least at least one more, probably two more trips that I hunt in Croatia coming up in the in the near future. It is uh again, if you guys are looking for something, I, I mentioned the hunting's great, right? In a lot of places you can travel, the people are awesome there too that you work with, Roger. And that's a, that's a yeah. big part when you get there. Like I've, I've heard that this group that you've got over there, I've heard some of the comments that they're, they're coming back from them, just the time that they're having over there, um, with Mike and Lisa and everything. And, and that's, it's more than hunting, right? It's the experiences that you have along the way. And, and that's, that's one, if you, if you're looking for great experiences and a great hunt, you got to check Croatia out. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, cool. That was great, man. Like this again, I, like everybody's listening. I mentioned, this is one that I had super high expectations going into, and it truly was above and beyond that um, when I was there. And I'm looking forward to heading back in the spring. I'm already counting it down. I'm going to be over there in April. Um, I know it's going to be a great time. And it's going to be a different type of bear hunt than what you're used to. Like this is a baited bear hunt. So I think black bears, but they're they're brown bears, right? Just bigger. Yep. So it's it's crazy. Yep. Like that's, that's, that's different for me. It's awesome at the same time. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh yeah. No, it's a neat, neat one. High success hunt. Uh, very reasonable as well. Uh, we've got a gold medal bear package. It's, it's 14,000, everything included. Um, that'll be about six and a half to seven foot, you know, healthy bears, beautiful hide in that springtime hunt. Um, the, the coolest thing is similar, like the rest of the hunting in Europe is if you, you know, you don't get the opportunity you don't have a shooter come to the stand um, from no fault of your own, then you're coming back for free. Um, and if you, you know, if you miss your shot or, or you know, something unfortunate happens, you don't get your bear, uh, then you're coming back for the trophy fee is free and you're just covering your base costs. Um, so for, for guys that are maybe want that brown bear um, a little bit, more, uh, you know, little more mobility issues, you know, they, they can't put that big, big hunt in, in Canada or in Alaska, uh, whether from budget or for physical requirements, you know, it's, it's not a realistic option than to fly over here in one, one connection from anywhere in the U S you are, um, you're, you're in the hunting area. You've got the entire day free cause you'll go to the stand in the, in the early afternoon. Um, and I mean, guys shoot, guys shoot bears as they're walking to the stand. I mean, it is a fantastic area, many, many trophy quality bears. Um, 
and you you can't beat it. And our our prices, I'm happy to say, are you know they are superior just because of the the amount of hunters that we we take. We're able to do it in a in a very special way, and uh, a lot of happy hunters there for the bears. So I think you'll really enjoy that. Yeah, and it's just it's sounds awesome. I can't wait to experience it type of thing, and it's it's coming in quick now. Oh yeah. 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 And just walking around that forest, you know, it's bear country. I mean, it's, it, it really is perfect for them. Like you said, the rockiness and, and things like that. Um, they're everywhere. We hunt in this, you know, in private areas, um, but we also have access to the, the state forestry areas in the mountains as well. And, uh, you know, that's, they, they have no feed budget and it's, it's tons and tons of, of food, what they're, you know, they're giving to not only the bears, but all the animals there in the mountains that they, you know, survive healthy over the winter. And it's a very special hunting destination for sure. For sure. For sure. Well, perfect. I know you got a lot going on in Europe. Are there any, anything else you want to cover that's new and exciting right here at the, before we hop off here? I know it was centered on, centered on Croatia, but I know you're always working on stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we got, uh, everything lined up for for next year you know got all the 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 prices updated um agreements made for next fall um looking forward to it we've had uh in terms of clients who have been over hunters who have been over this this fall so far we've got uh having a lot of success in in scotland um guys coming through ireland who are really enjoying it uh that's been a real fun one i mean these uh i've Everybody comes back, uh, but I've never had so many people immediately booked to come again as they do in Ireland. Um, so that's been a really good one. If you're looking for a very bargain hunt, one stop from, you know, one flight away from anywhere on the East Coast, um, pretty neat opportunities there. We've had uh, had a bunch of guys in Norway, um, in Sweden and Norway, a bunch of reindeer hunters, um, the Capricale and Black Rouse a lot of success with hunters there this fall in Sweden and Norway. Um, you know, neat upland hunting experience, trophy birds, um, pretty cool. And then obviously Spain, everybody's, we're staying busy in, in Spain. Um, that's been good. I've been adding a few, got a few new, um, uh, trips up there that are a little bit more adventurous than, than kind of the average, you know, the hunt where you, you stay in the hotel, you're out for the day, you know, back, you know, back again in the evening. Uh-huh. Although that's that's awesome, and there's nothing wrong with that. People love it. I love it. Uh, but there are some hunts that I've I've been getting that are a little bit more. Yeah, what you think of maybe like an elk hunt. You know, where you you're out there, you're staying in a tent or you're staying in a mountain cabin, horseback hunts for for red stag, chamois, and ibex in Spain. Um, and then uh, that that hunt in Sweden. That's that hunt the free range. Um, self-guided hunt in Sweden, um, has been a hit as well. Um, that is, you know, one, one price for, you know, it's brown, it's down type hunt, fishing, world-class sea duck hunting, um, a good buddies hunt for sure. Um, and that, that's one of my favorites probably. I mean, if you think about unique trips, um, it's, it's up there with only, you could say New Zealand even, right. Where, where you can do anything sort of self-guided. Um, but, but rarely will you have the high quality that you can have here in Sweden. If you do a, a self-guided stuff, we've got some very good, big forestry estates, you know, 15,000 acres, and you're the only hunters running around in, in 
you know, in entire sections of that. So it's crazy. pretty, pretty cool stuff. It's been a busy fall and uh, looking forward to, to getting over to the shows in, in January and, and seeing everybody again and, and uh, come spring, do it all over again. Exactly. It's been awesome. Well, I've, uh, I just got to say this, Roger, I think having you on the WTA team is, is opening, opening up us hunters eyes to truly all the European hunting options that are over there that are different than what they've seen for the last 50 or 60 years. Right. Like nobody, nobody knew you had to do it yourself hunting Sweden. Like that was never an option. These places in Croatia, like you never heard and actually saw what they were. Like it's been, it's been great to have you bring these all on board. Um, No, it's it's definitely been, been neat. I mean, the, the guys that have done everything else, those were the usual guys that, and, and ladies, you know, that, that came to Europe Yep, were the ones that, um, you know, had been everywhere else. And, and, you know, in the past they were the ones who could afford it as well. Um, but that's been, yeah, that's been the biggest joy is, is opening Europe up, not only to the, the finest hunting stuff, which is always, you know, which has always been there, but, but some of these more affordable stuff that, uh, what the local Europeans are doing. Um, you know, I, I know, I know I'm doing it right when I get Germans calling me about trips to Ireland or, you know, I, I know I'm doing it right when I have people from, from Spain booking with me to hunt in Croatia. Yeah. Um, and that's been, that's been really awesome, really rewarding. And, uh, I mean, even some of the American clients, I mean, I, in my 10 years of doing that, I've never had, I've never had to ask anybody, Hey, do you have a passport? And and I've had to do that this year, which has been, which is awesome. You know, that means we're opening it up to people who it wasn't even on their radar, yep. uh, whether from price or exposure, it just wasn't something they thought of. Um, that, that family in, in Croatia right now, awesome, awesome people. Um, and never been out of the country. They'd done some mission trips in Haiti, but never been out of the country otherwise. And they came over here, rented a van, I laid out an entire itinerary for them, assisted with the, air, you know, the airport, with the flights, with the, the hotels for the sightseeing. And they're doing a 10 day, 10 day hunt around Europe and, and never even, never even been here before. So, I mean, it's been really, really cool, really cool. And you guys have yeah, opened up that opportunity to a lot of people and, and it's, uh, it's not gone unnoticed. It's been, uh, it's been very cool. No, it's been awesome to hear all the stories of the hunters coming back to with, uh, especially ones that bring their family over and it's just unique experience. So again, anybody that's listening, um, give Roger a call. If you're, if you're looking for more information, check out the WTA website. There's all the options listed there. Obviously I like to look at pictures. So you got pictures of past client success, a lot of the lodging and so forth. Um, on this trip from, from Croatia, we'll obviously have uh, all the videos coming pretty soon up on the on the digital channel, and then linear coming, and then we'll have them get them all uh, linked together on the listings on the website too, um, to be able to check out more info. But oh yeah, Roger, thank you again. I'm looking forward to what we'll probably do is uh, after that brown bear hunt that I go over to Croatia again in the spring is get you back on just to to talk again about that. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. And I uh, that time of year it's a little bit slower for me, so I. Uh... I'll maybe come down and, and join you. Perfect. Well, if it's, if, it's fun. if you tell me you got a slow time of year, that means I'm not doing something right. So we'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Keep me, keep me busy. What's going on? Yep. Exactly. Well, they got Wi-Fi at the lodge so I can, I can come down and, and, uh, stay, stay working and, and enjoy the camp and, 
it's uh it's deep you know there's a lot of destinations that are very close to where i live and it's always yeah it's always fun to poke my head in and and see how things are going uh, i don't have to i don't have to worry about it um but it's fun to just show up and and be involved with with folks' trips and uh you know that sitting there in one hunting camp is is the time when when you start dreaming about the other stuff yep so. exactly that is that is a hundred percent correct that statement <laughs> I know. yeah Perfectly. Well, hopefully it works out. You can come down for a couple of days then. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll do it. Perfect. Well, thanks for your time today, Roger. Yep. Got a last mark. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks for all your support and downloads. If you like this episode, please go and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, as that always helps. Do you want to book that hunt of a lifetime? Then give the team at Worldwide Trophy Adventures a call at 1-800-346-8747. Or if you want to start a tags portfolio for those limited entry tags, call 1-800-755-8247. Enjoy your journey.